As the Supreme Court considers dumping Roe versus Wade, abortion fanatics on the left prepare to go crazy. Omicron hits New York, and Joe Biden tries to brag about his economic success with the world's dumbest chart. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, this holiday season, you're probably not sleeping enough. But here's the thing. You can get yourself a holiday gift or a friend a holiday gift and give them the gift of magical, magical sleep. I'm talking about a Helix Sleep mattress. Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody is unique. Helix knows that. They have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattress is great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains, even a Helix Plus size mattress for plus size sleepers. So if you are looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress you're matched to, the mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. They've got a 10-year warranty. You can try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. My wife and I have a Helix Sleep mattress customized just for us. It is both firm and breathable. It is exactly what we are looking for. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They will match you to that customized mattress. Get the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to 200 bucks off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Ben. It's a deal so good, I already used it for my parents, Helix. Again, helixsleep.com slash Ben. Alrighty, so the Supreme Court is currently considering whether to overrule Roe versus Wade. I actually think that what the Supreme Court is likely to do in this particular case is uphold the Mississippi law that would essentially bar abortion after the 15th week. I don't think they're going to overrule Roe versus Wade. I think you're going to end up with a split decision. In Planned Parenthood versus Casey, you really never ended up with a solid majority decision. You had a majority for certain principles, and then you had four justices voting for one thing and four justices voting for another thing. I think that what emerges from this case is likely to be a mess. I think that it is not going to be something as clear as even viability, which is an unclear and stupid standard. I think it'll be less clear than that. I don't think it's going to be the trimester framework of, of Roe versus Wade. I, I don't know what it's going to be. I do think that we are optimistic on the pro-life side if we think that Roe versus Wade is going to be completely overturned, even though that ought to be the outcome here. And here's the thing. Even if Roe versus Wade is overturned, the law in New York is not going to be the same as the law in Mississippi. And everybody who studies law understands this because that was the case before Roe versus Wade. California had some pretty liberal abortion laws. New York had some pretty liberal abortion laws. And Texas had some pretty strict abortion laws before Roe versus Wade went into place. Nonetheless, the fact that the Supreme Court is now considering the possibility of disestablishing a constitutional right to abortion, which again, does not exist. It was made up out of whole cloth in an entire line of cases stretching all the way back to Griswold through Eisenstadt v. Baird, all the way up through Planned Parenthood versus Casey. That supposed constitutional right to abortion was made up directly out of the colons of Supreme Court justices who had political leanings in favor of a pro-choice position. Even if it were overruled, if, if ladies want to get abortions, all they have to do is not be in Texas. And they could go over the, over the border to Mexico, and presumably they'd be able to get an abortion there. They could go over to California, get an abortion there. Listen, I would prefer a nationwide regime wherein no one can get an abortion, except in cases where the mother's life is in danger. But that's not the way the federalist system works. And because of that, that means that there will be state differences in how abortion law is applied. But the left is losing it. They are losing it. And the reason they're losing it is because once you remove the constitutional right to abortion, once you say that there is no constitutional right to abortion, this brings back into play the rules of nature. And this is something that the left has been fighting very hard, as I pointed out yesterday. For the left, 
Equality of outcome is the only metric of success in a society. And there are certain natural barriers to equality of outcome in every arena of life. And some people are taller, some people are shorter, some people are dumber, some people are smarter. One of the great obstacles to equality of outcome in life are physical differences between men and women. Men and women do not operate the same way. Their bodies do not operate the same way. And women very often make choices that are dependent on their ability to bear and rear children. And they, they like those choices for the most part. This has been the greatest superpower of women since time immemorial is that women are capable of bearing children and then feeding the children with their own body and bringing those children up. And by the way, when women are given the opportunity to take time off from the workforce to spend time with children, they are far more likely to do so than fathers are. And so the, the attempt to crack down on motherhood, which has been an aspect of the far left, has now taken over the entire left. So the left used to say that abortion used to be, it should be rare in, in very circumscribed cases because, you know, it's really a bad thing and you need to allow it to be legal because you never know something really bad could happen. You might need an abortion, right? That used to be the case. Now it is a, a centralized aspect of femininity that abortion be there. It is central to womanhood that you be able to terminate your pregnancy. This is a very different position than the position that the left used to hold even as late as the 1990s pretty consistently. Now the position is that in order for women to achieve the same outcomes as men, women have to be able to, for any reason, rid their bodies of a, of a human life with potential. And so the, the fact that the Supreme Court is now considering getting rid of the quote-unquote constitutional right to abortion means that the left has lost its mind. And, um, and they're going to spout nonsense and craziness and, and make arguments that, that have no internal logic to them. And this is what happened all day yesterday. All day yesterday, you got from the media just the craziest positions, a unsustainable, illogical, insane, immoral positions being spouted by the left on a regular basis. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, let's talk about cigars. So Jeremy Boring, my business partner, he is definitely a cigar guy. And I can tell you, he is pumped because he just received an order of cigars from famous smoke shop. He is loving the variety that he was sent. In his order, he was thrilled to receive his packs of Micarita and Sobre Mesa cigars, boutique cigars from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, famous smoke shop. It's the largest American-owned online cigar business in the United States, offering premium cigars at low prices you will love. Famous Smoke Shop has a cigar for every budget and every level of experience from beginner to cigar aficionado. You can choose from over 1,000 different brands, from highly rated classics to everyday smokes, including Romeo y Julieta Acid or Arturo Fuente. As a family-owned business since 1939, Famous Smoke Shop maintains their 30-day famous freshness guarantee on every cigar purchase, so quality is guaranteed. Here's an exclusive offer for my listeners today. Go to famous-smoke.com slash Ben or use code Ben25. Save 25 bucks off your purchase of $100 or more. Explore their wide range of fresh cigars and accessories by going to famous-smoke.com slash Ben. There's a wide variety of great holiday gifts as well. Get your favorite cigars or cigar gifts delivered straight to your door by going to famous-smoke.com slash Ben. Use code Ben25. Remember, use code Ben25, that's Ben plus the number 25, for 25 bucks off your purchase of $100 or more at famous-smoke.com slash Ben. Okay, so one of the questions that you should be asking yourself when it comes to the left's perspective on abortion is why they feel this way about abortion particularly. And it's kind of strange. So if you go back and you read early Margaret Sanger, who was the founder of Planned Parenthood, she was quite anti-abortion. Margaret Sanger thought that it was a threat to human life, abortion. Margaret Sanger was in favor of contraception. She was in favor of birth control. But abortion as a method of birth control is something that was opposed by even wild leftists in the 1920s, 1930s, when Margaret Sanger was a prominent political figure in the United States. And birth control is now widely available in the United States. It's universally available in the United States. It is not difficult to obtain birth control. In fact, the West has gotten so good at birth control that we are depopulating ourselves out of existence. 
Every Western country, with the exception of Georgia in Europe and Israel, has a below replacement rate population problem. Right? We are producing fewer children than there are parents in the population. In order to reproduce at replacement rates, you have to have at least 2.1 children per family. Right now, most of the West is at 1.7, 1.8, and Italy 1.3. Right? So we're very good at avoiding having babies, as it turns out. So why exactly is abortion such a necessity? And the answer is because in order for the left to maintain that equality of outcome is the only thing that matters, they have to say that every step along the way, the only thing that matters is the outcome for the woman, not the outcome for the baby. They have to say that for every step of the way, right? They cannot limit the principle to birth control. The obligation for a woman, it, it never exists according to the left because if there's an obligation for a woman that a man does not have, it's unfair. Even if that obligation was created by basic mammalian biology. And so you end up with the specter of people on the left arguing that pregnancy itself is some sort of enemy. It's an obstacle to be overcome because after all, women can get pregnant, but men cannot. Although the left takes a conflicting position about this. Now they say that men can get pregnant. So this really should obviate the abortion debate, really. Because if the left's idea is that pregnancy is an inherent bad because it makes men and women fundamentally unequal, well, problem solved. Men can get pregnant now and women can have balls, according to most of the left. But they get rid of that argument the minute that it becomes inconvenient because after all, it just happens to be a biological fact and only women can get pregnant, of course. And they have to acknowledge that in the context of abortion. It's weird how fast that language pregnant people went away. And no more chest feeding around here. Right? That lasted purely as long as we were attempting to castigate Republicans as bigots. But the minute we're talking about abortion, it's back to pregnant women and only women should have an opinion on abortion and only women can get pregnant. Okay, so we begin yesterday with Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi seems to, it is amazing to hear the party of science declare that babies in the womb don't exist. They just don't exist. Now, my sister sent me an ultrasound of her kid in the womb yesterday. My sister, classically Abby, up in Virginia, she sent me a picture of her ultrasound. And it's a 3D ultrasound. That is a baby, my friends. Okay, we are talking about like a full face. I can see the features of the baby's face. I know that she that, that the baby looks like my, uh, my sister and my sister's husband, right? I, I can see all of it. That is a baby. It is not a cluster of cells. It is not a meaningless potential human life. It is none of those things. But the left tries to claim that the reason they are pro-abortion is because they are pro-science, which is a complete lie. So here's Nancy Pelosi lecturing us on the birds and the bees, which, by the way, I got to tell you, Nancy Pelosi lecturing people on the birds and the bees might end the practice of sex permanently. Like, no one should be forced to watch this clip because no one will ever want to have sex again after listening to Nancy Pelosi talk about going after it. From what they have said about not respecting um, precedents at stare decisis, all of that uh, is, is troubling. And what they have said about sometimes I think they need a session in the birds and the bees uh, for some of the kinds of statements that they make. I say that as mother five. Okay, and this has become a commonplace sort of rote talking point on the left is that people who are pro-life need, need an explainer on sex. I'm pretty sure you guys need the explainer on sex because you seem to think that sex and pregnancy are completely disconnected. Well, that's not the way it works. You don't catch a pregnancy. You're not just in a room like COVID and you're five feet away from somebody for 15 minutes and magically you're pregnant. That's not the way any of this works. Nor typically do people slip and fall on penises and randomly get pregnant. That's not how that works either. So nope. Actually, it turns out that for all of human history and again, all of mammalian history, Sex has led to pregnancy. It is only since the 1960s that we've been able to scientifically disconnect sex from pregnancy in any sort of consistent way. 
I mean, if you go all the way back to the 1940s, for example, what you will see is that the plurality of marriages in the United States happened post-pregnancy, meaning that there were a lot of seven-month babies happening in the 1940s, a lot of shotgun marriages happening because sex was connected to pregnancy, as it always has been. And for most of the world still is, by the way. And it's only in the West that we've been able to scientifically uncouple sex from pregnancy, I think in many ways for our great moral detriment. But then it's not just Nancy Pelosi lecturing us about how sex works. It's Joy Behar. Again, I got to say, the, the people who are being brought forth by the Democrats to lecture Americans on how sex works, um, it's disturbing. And uh, it, whatever is the opposite of a turn on, this would be it right here. It's a very interesting schism that goes on here, because on the one hand, sex sells everywhere. I mean, you can't see an aspirin commercial without somebody having sex. Mm -hmm. You cannot turn on any program, especially on streaming, where people are having (laughs) this. There's soft porn everywhere now. They encourage all of that. It sells everything. Sex sells. And yet when it comes to the reality of pregnancy, this particular group of people on the right in this country and these religious zealots do not understand the reality of what happens when you have sex. Wait, I'm confused. Maybe you don't understand the reality of what happens when you have sex, which is the possibility of pregnancy. Always and forever, unless you tie your tubes. So, like, I'm just, I have to say, I'm absolutely bewildered by the perspective of the left that people on the right don't understand sex because they believe in human life in the womb. I'm pretty sure you guys don't understand sex because it seems like you think that sex is basically like kissing and that it doesn't transmit any sort of risk of pregnancy sex or that the product of sex, the natural product of sex, by by the way, the entire evolutionary biology reason that sex exists, okay? Sex does not exist as an evolutionary biological phenomenon predominantly in order so that people can stimulate each other's nerve endings. It exists predominantly as an evolutionary biological phenomenon in order for the procreation of species. That, that is the dominant biological drive, right? That is, that is why that is there. Okay. It, I, the, how they say that that's, these are the people who are lecturing us on sex? Seriously? And really? Okay. Okay, so that, that, that's an argument they've been attempting to, to trot out. That's not even the worst argument on The View, right? Whoopi Goldberg made the worst argument on The View yesterday. And again, being lectured by the likes of Nancy Pelosi, Joy Behar, and Whoopi Goldberg on sex, Man, no one in this country is ever going to have sex again if, the, if these clips are too widely viewed. Oof. But we'll get to that in just a moment. First, let us talk about your home insurance. Okay, so here is the deal. Winter is approaching. Now is a time to get your property cold weather ready by making sure you have the right insurance coverage. Policy Genius can help you get the home insurance you need, and they can bundle it with auto coverage so that you can save money. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro Home, answer a few questions about yourself and your property. Policy Genius will show you price estimates for policies that fit your search and help you understand your options. The Policy Genius team can look for ways to save you more money. If they find a better rate than what you're paying right now, they'll switch you over for free. Policy Genius has saved customers an average of $1,250 per year over what they were paying for home and auto insurance. Their licensed experts will help you understand your options and apply for a policy. The Policy Genius team works for you, not the insurance companies. You can trust them to offer unbiased help and advocate for you at every step until you are covered. Policy Genius doesn't add on extra fees or sell your information to third parties. They have thousands of five-star reviews across Trustpilot and Google. Since 2014, Policy Genius has helped over 30 million people shop for insurance. So head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro Home to get your free home and auto insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro Home. Okay, so the weakness of the so-called pro-choice position, it's extremely weak, especially considering the possibility of contraception via birth control. And so argument number one is 
conservatives somehow don't understand sex. And the people who make that argument are people who simply do not seem to understand that sex and procreation are necessarily intertwined. And in fact, are part of the same act. Okay, and then you have the argument that only women should speak on abortion, which is an idiotic argument, especially, again, coming from the same people who say that women can have balls and men can have uteruses. I, I don't, you cannot simultaneously hold the position that trans men are men, trans women are women, and also that only biological women get to have an opinion on abortion. Those are not consistent positions. You cannot hold them. They are mutually exclusive. Okay, but in, in left world, you can hold whatever positions you want. They are the Kama Sutra of political positions. Any position you want, anytime. Here is uh, Whoopi Goldberg lecturing us all on why only women should be able to speak about abortion. Even this makes no sense. Do any of you men have any eggs or the possibility of carrying a fetus? How dare you talk about what a fetus wants? You have no idea. Now, I'm, I'm fine if you disagree with abortion. I have no problem with that. My problem comes when you tell me what I need to do with my doctor and my family. How dare you? How dare you? Okay, um, I, I've noticed that you guys don't have the same live and let live approach to any other issue in American life. You have to very live and let live when it comes to abortion. I don't care if you have a baby, but you can't tell me whether I can kill my baby in the womb. Also, you need to bake that cake for that gay couple right the hell now. Okay, so let's begin with the conflicts in this clip because it really is indicative of how self-defeating the left position is on these things. So again, she's, she begins with the, preposition, with the proposition that men do not have eggs. The entire left now believes that men have eggs, right? That there are some, some men get pregnant, right? Trans men are men, right? The, the clappy hand emoji. Hey, then my favorite is that she just switches right over into, if you're not a woman, how can you speak for the fetus? Okay, we're gonna have to stop you right there, Whoopi, because you're an idiot. All of us have been fetuses. I have been a fetus. You have been a fetus, Whoopi Goldberg. It turns out every single human living on earth has at one point been a fetus, male, female, all of the 300,200 genders, all of us have been fetuses at some point. So all of us could have a perspective on what a fetus would want. Also, I don't feel like it's such an assumption as to what the fetus wants. I will grant you that I may not know what a fetus might want in terms of, say, food taste. But I feel like a baseline thing a fetus doesn't want is to have somebody chop their head up in the womb and suck them into a sink. I have a feeling that's like that, that seems like a real easy one, mainly because I'm not sure that any living creature is super interested in having somebody jab a syringe into them and pump poison into their veins so that they die and then are flushed down a toilet. I'm pretty sure there are not a lot of living creatures at all we're interested in that. So I don't think I have to be a woman to understand what a fetus wants. I think all I have to be is a baseline human being with a shred of decency to understand what a fetus wants. Again, not to have your body chopped up would be like number, that's not number 10 on the list. That one's like number one with a bullet on the list. Okay, they, they don't have it. It is just, it is just ire. That's all they have. They just have rage at the world and rage at biology and rage at the reality that there are certain burdens to being a woman that do not exist for men. And one of those burdens is and when I say burden, I mean blessing. One of those massive blessings, the greatest blessing in life is the capacity to bear and rear children. That is the, it is literally how the human species exists. It is how we move forward. It is the greatest, the, the degradation of what women are by the left to, well, you know, you're just treating women as incubators. No, you are treating women as incubators. I'm treating women as wholesome human beings who have a magical superpower to generate children which is the greatest thing in life. 
Honestly, God, I think that men should be jealous of women that they get to do this. You talk about God-given gifts and abilities. It's an, un, it's an unreal thing. It's an unreal thing. Having watched my wife be pregnant three times, give birth to three of our, to, to all three of our children, it is, it is an experience unlike any other. And I'll tell you something. My wife, who was, yeah, she had real pregnancy, morning sickness, and, and she had a hard birth the last couple of times. I can tell you, she is grateful for every moment of it, including the pain, because we got the kids at the end of it. And because it's an unbelievable thing, the degradation of pregnancy to it's just a bad thing that happens, sort of like a bad bowel movement, is so disgusting and dismissive of what women are and what babies are. It really is a degradation of what life is. But this is, if, if your view of humanity is that true equality is women have to give up what makes women uniquely human, that, that, women, are, that women should give up what makes them uniquely human, and that any imposition on, on, a, on a woman such that she is not allowed to kill her own child in the womb is somehow an undermining of her autonomy, then your perception of autonomy is sick. There's something deeply wrong with your perception of autonomy. We're not talking about what she can do with her own body. We're talking about what she can do with the child inside her own body. Pramila Jayapal, for her part, was in panic mode, the progressive congresswoman from Washington state. Here she was yesterday freaking out over the Supreme Court. It was a devastating hearing for millions of women across this country, for millions of people across this country who are watching the Supreme Court actually look like they are going to overturn Roe v. Wade and take us back into the days of back alley abortions. This is personal to me. I am one of the one in four women in America who has had an abortion. It was a very difficult choice for me to make, but it was my choice, Jose. And that is what we need to preserve for every person across the country that has to be in that situation. Um, no, that is not what we have to preserve uh, because in no other area of, of, of life, period, do we say that your choices with regard to other human beings' lives, whether they get to be preserved or not, is your choice. It, it, the, the fundamental position of the left for, for forever has been, and, and, and the right, by the way, of any humane person, has been that you are not supposed to other other types of human beings. Right? You're not supposed to say this group of human beings is not fully human, and therefore we can treat them however we want. That is le legitimately what the left does with un unborn human beings. They say this group of people are not people. They are not people, so we can flush them down a toilet. It is the greatest othering that is possible to happen. And it's quite vile. But pro-abortion activists, of course, were, were very emotional yesterday. Here are some of those pro-abortion activists getting, uh, getting upset yesterday. We'll be asking protesters on both sides of the aisle what our country would look like without Roe v. Wade. Let's go see what they have to say. It'll look like women going to jail. A lot of women will die <laughs> or they will be forced into a life of poverty. A lot of women are telling me that women will die if Roe is overturned. I think that's happening already. It's really scary because it puts a lot of people in immediate physical danger. Um, and I just don't want to see that happen. It's putting women in physical danger to give birth to babies, as opposed to the 100% danger that is presented by killing the child in the womb. That is, a that is not a risk of danger for the child in the womb. That is a guarantee of death. Okay, in just a second, we'll see how far the left is willing to go here, because they are willing to go so far in pursuit of abortion, in pursuit of their equality of outcome, despite the baseline biology. They, they, it, it's, it's incredible how far they're willing to go. They are now willing to basically say that adoption is bad in order to make an excuse for abortion. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, it is the holidays. You deserve a gift. How about a gift that keeps on giving you joy and comfort every day, all year long? A gift that looks as good as it feels, a gift that will actually pay for itself in terms of how much more productive you will be at work. 
I'm talking about giving yourself the gift of an X chair. I love the X chair. Let me tell you, this thing is supremely comfortable. It is ergonomic. It, it cools you down when you're, when you're too hot. It heats you up when you are too cold. And it gives you a massage while you are sitting there. They've got that patented LMAX technology that doubles as the massage chair. It can either cool or warm your back. Can your office chair do any of these things? Or does it just give you a backache? Now is the perfect time to purchase an X chair. Buy early and buy now. You can save 100 bucks off your X chair just by purchasing it at xchairshapiro.com right now. That's the letter X, chairshapiro.com, S-H-A-P-I-R-O.com. X chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort. You can finance your purchase for as little as 30 bucks a month. So really, you have no risk, right? Pick it up, see if you like it. Go to xchairshapiro.com and save. xchairshapiro.com. And again, you can finance that purchase for as little as 30 bucks a month and get 100 bucks off your X chair today. Okay, so how far is left willing to go? So they've already said that sex and procreation are completely separate, a lie. They've already said that if you're not a woman, you can't have a perspective on abortion which again is sort of akin to slave owners saying that if you're not a slave owner, you can't have a perspective on ownership of slaves. And slave owners saying to people in the North, listen, you've never lived the life of a slave owner. So you you don't know what it's like to live with a slave. You don't know what the slaves actually want. No, I I pretty much do. And they don't want to be slaves. How about that? And now you get to the the argument that the left is, they've, they've forced themselves into a corner by embracing abortion as a moral good. Again, their early argument, which is that abortion is tragic, and sad and is necessary on rare circumstances, it's not good enough for them. And the reason it's not good enough is because you can legislate around that. You can say, well, what circumstances are we talking about? And then you can weigh as a legislative body whether the circumstances we are currently discussing make some sort of excuse or justification for abortion in particular cases. Whether there ought to be legal dispensations, for example, for abortion in cases where a mother's life is in danger, which pretty much all pro-lifers agree there should be. Hey, but, but, because they want abortion across the board, like beginning to end, two points of birth, and in the case of Ralph Northam in Virginia, sometimes beyond, because that is what they want out of this policy debate, they then have to downgrade all other possible choices. So we have to pretend, number one, that contraception doesn't exist, which of course it does. If you want to avoid pregnancy, I have a great pro-choice position for you. Either one, don't have sex outside the bonds of marriage. I know this one is really passe. I know we're not allowed to talk about the fact that premarital sex is actually not a morally good thing. Okay, that it is bad and it creates bad risks and down and, and downriver risks in terms of getting pregnant out of wedlock. I know we're not supposed to talk about that anymore because it's super passe to talk about baseline sexual morality in the society. But as somebody who did wait until marriage to have sex, and so did my wife, and now we have three beautiful children within the context of a stable and healthy marriage, I can safely say that the sacrifice was, was worth it because we have a stable and healthy marriage with beautiful children. Okay, but that is one way that you downscale the risk of pregnancy is don't have sex outside of a context in which you are okay having a baby. Okay, that is the number one way. Number two, we have birth control. This also downscales the risk of getting pregnant tremendously. You can do all of that. Birth control is widely available. You can get birth control right now. You can go down to the local Planned Parenthood. They'll give you a pill. They will give you a condom. They'll do, you can go down to your local Rite Aid and do it too. You don't have to go to Planned Parenthood. They can do all of those things. So they have to downgrade that. They have to pretend those don't exist. The only option for women is apparently to get pregnant and then use the murder of the subsequent child as the as the for the backup form of birth control. Okay, but then there's another argument, right, which the right makes correctly, which is, well, there is another option. If you don't want to have the baby in the sense that you don't want to take care of the baby, you think that it's going to ruin your life, you think that you want to pursue those 2200 billable hours, you think you're too poor, you think you don't you don't have your life set up. There's another option, and that is you could not kill the kid, and you could let the kid be adopted. And this, this option is taken by literally hundreds of thousands of people every year. And now the left has to downgrade that. That's how far they've gone in this direction. 
There's an, an absolutely delusional and insane psychotic article today from Elizabeth Spears, who's a Democratic digital strategist. It's called, I was adopted. I know the trauma it can inflict. That's right. The left is so addicted to abortion that now they're going to pretend that adoption is bad. That's how addicted to abortion they are. They're trying to remove all other possibilities. So no marriage, no birth control, no abstinence before marriage. And now adoption is bad and creates conflict. Here is Elizabeth Spears. This is just psychotic crap. It truly is psychotic. Quote, on Wednesday, as the Supreme Court heard oral arguments from state attorneys seeking to uphold Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban, Justice Amy Coney Barrett kept getting at one question. Why was abortion necessary when women who do not want to be mothers can simply give up their babies for adoption? Again, this is an op-ed in the New York Times. As an adoptee myself, I was floored by Justice Barrett's assumption that adoption is an accessible and desirable alternative for women who find themselves unexpectedly pregnant. She may not realize it, but what she is suggesting is that women don't need access to abortion because they can simply go do a thing that is infinitely more difficult, expensive, dangerous, and potentially traumatic than terminating a pregnancy during its early stages. Wait, hold on. More difficult, dangerous, and potentially traumatic to whom the entire left-wing position rests on the complete dehumanization of a preborn child. That's what it rests on, right? Oh, it's, it's so dehumanizing. I mean, here we have an option where the kid lives and just goes live, goes to another family that wants a baby. Or we have the option of you stab it in the face. Those are the two choices. And, you know, I got to say, it's really dehumanizing to say that maybe the baby should live and go to another family, says Elizabeth Spears. And this is, she's writing as an adopted kid. So how does she make that case? Because if her mother had made that choice, as Ronald Reagan used to say, every, the, the only pro-choice people who exist are people whose mothers chose otherwise. Right? As an adoptive mother herself, Justice Barrett should have some inkling of the complexities of adoption and the toll it can inflict on children as well as birth mothers. But she speaks as if adoption is some kind of idyllic fairy tale. My own adoption actually was what many would consider idyllic. I was raised by two adoptive parents, Alice and Terry, from the time I was an infant and grew up in a home where I knew every day I was loved. A few years ago, I found my biological mother, Maria, and three siblings I didn't know I had via a DNA test and Facebook. The first time I spoke to Maria on the phone, says Elizabeth Spears, she lives in Alabama, not too far from my parents. I live in Brooklyn. She apologized repeatedly for giving me up, told me she loved me, and I, was, I would always be her family. You are blood, she would say later. I told her and continue to tell her every time she brings it up, the apology is unnecessary. I had a wonderful childhood. I believe she made the right decision. But she remains heartbroken about the years we missed together. Okay, so uh, question. She remains heartbroken about the years we missed together. You know what years you would have missed together had she chosen to flush you down a toilet? All of them. There would be no years together. And guess what? Her heartbreak over giving you up for adoption, that is, um, that is, a, that is a side, that, that is a downside risk to the massive upside of you being alive to write this op-ed. This is such insane stuff. Okay, I'll get to more of it in just one second. First, let's talk about keeping your home safe. This holiday season, deck the halls, walls, windows, and doors with the best deals of the year on the award-winning Ring Alarm. I'm sure we all know about the Ring video doorbell by now, but did you know that Ring makes an award-winning alarm? Ring Alarm is a powerful, affordable whole home security system you can easily install yourself. So whether you are running across town or across the country this busy season, you and your loved ones can rest easy knowing your home is protected. And it's more than just security. Ring Alarm protects your home from flood, freeze, and fire as well. Plus, it is way cheaper than the other companies. For what they charge for one month, you can get an entire year of Ring Alarm with professional monitoring. Right now, for the best deals of the year on Ring Alarm, go to ring.com forward slash Ben. We use Ring Alarm all the time at my house. That Ring app comes in super handy. My son, he now has one of these wobble bikes where he sits around and he sits on it and then he just moves around the house really fast. Well, um, on occasion, he just disappears. And I don't know where he is. And my son is uh, liable to be breaking the windows and setting things 
on fire when he's in that sort of mood. And so I need to know where he is. That's where the Ring app comes in handy so I can stop him before he engages in acts of physical destruction. This holiday season, deck the halls, walls, doors, and windows with the best deals of the year on the award-winning Ring Alarm. Go to ring.com forward slash Ben. Get a great deal on a Ring Alarm security kit today. That is ring.com forward slash Ben. Okay, so back to this piece, again, in the New York Times about a woman who was adopted but thinks adoption is not the is not the option when it comes to adoption versus abortion. Quote, both Maria and my mom, Alice, oppose abortion on religious grounds. My mom is white and Southern Baptist. Maria is Hispanic and Pentecostal. Both like to point to me to justify their beliefs, saying that had Maria gotten an abortion, I would not exist. It's a familiar argument. The anti-abortion movement likes to invoke Nobel Prize winners who might never have materialized or potential adoptees who might have cured cancer if they hadn't been aborted at eight weeks. I'm no Nobel Prize winner, but I still resent being used as a political football by the right. I noticed that you're here to resent it. That's a thing I noticed. You're here to resent being used as a political football because you're not dead. That's what it was. One of the things I noticed. I believe that abortion is a form of health care and that every woman should have access to it if she needs it. Oh, do you? I love these sorts of euphemisms. I believe that more that murder is a form of cooking. I, like just fill in the blank with some random, completely bizarre non sequitur. You know, I believe that abortion is a form of sport. I believe that abortion is a form of art. I believe that abortion is a form of calligraphy. Like, what the? F- Healthcare for whom? Not the person you're killing. Perhaps more than that, I resent the suggestion by people like Justice Barrett that adoption is a simple solution. I resent it on behalf of Maria, who found the choice she made traumatizing and still feels that pain 44 years later. Even when an adoption works out well, as it did in my case, it is still fraught. Wait, so let me get this straight. You are alive to resent the adoption of you on behalf of your mother who wanted to give you up for adoption and is happy she gave you up for adoption and feels morally morally blessed that you are alive and that she didn't murder you. But you resent that you are alive on behalf of the mother who is happy to keep you alive so that you could lead a good life where you end up as a democratic strategist pumping out garbage like this for the New York Times. Uh, uh, honest to God, this is like a bizarre time loop from Back to the Future 2 in which you're alive to complain about the fact that you are alive. When I echo Maria in saying she gave me up, the language always rankles adoptive parents because it introduces an unpleasant complexity, implying that my birth mother was not completely happy with her choice, or worse, that it made her miserable. But that is sometimes the case, even when adoption is the best option for all involved. Adoption is not always an unallied good. It's a complicated choice in a situation that has no right or wrong answer. No, 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 I found the wrong answer. It's killing you. That's it. Was it super hard? I feel like when the options are woman can keep child and struggle through the difficulties of raising a child as a single mom, or woman can give up child to a two-parent family that is more prosperous and struggle with with that decision. The choice that's bad is the one where you just kill the kid. That would be the wrong choice. So you have two choices, both of which have some costs on a personal level and both of which have some benefits, but both of which have a pretty major upside, which is that you didn't murder the kid. That's like... Do you understand the the insane moral delusions you have to go through to come to a pro-choice position via this article? And yet this is in the New York Times. If the court overturns Roe versus Wade, says Elizabeth Spear in the New York Times, many women will be forced to give birth to children they did not want and did not feel they could afford to support. Well, you know, they they forced to give birth. I, the language of forced to give birth to children is so bizarre. It's so weird. Again, forced to get pregnant is one thing because typically we call that rape, right? If somebody is forced to get pregnant, that is a grave moral sin. Forced to give birth is, you mean like your body goes through the process that normally happens when 
you are when, when a baby is conceived. You're for, forced to give birth assumes that there is like a, another natural option. There is no the intervention is the termination of the pregnancy. The, it, it, it's sort of like saying water runs downhill. OK, and um, so if you if you take water and you put it top of a hill and it goes to the bottom of a hill. And I don't stop that water from running downhill. The water was forced to reach the bottom of the hill. No, if you rechannel the water, you're performing the intervention. There's, there's a massive logical fallacy right here. Forced to give birth? Nope, that's the natural process. Just as no one forces you to have a digestive tract that processes food, you're not like, what are we talking about here? But it, this does go to the baseline idea that there's an, a fundamental underlying idea, which is that bio, biology is forced. These folks believe that there is a spirit in the machine and that any threat to that spirit of autonomy is an act of force and must be defeated. This is what unites the, the pro-abortion movement and the, and the transgender movement, is the idea that biology is an obstacle to your greatest dreams and to your free-floating autonomy that is disconnected from your biological reality. But, says uh, Elizabeth Spears, while pregnant, women will undergo the bonding with a child that happens by biological design as an embryo develops into a living, breathing, conscious human. And then that child will be taken away. Wait a second. Hold up. Just hold up. I, I swear, every sentence here is just a gem of logical fallacy and insanity. So she's arguing against abortion. Let me read those sentences again. While pregnant, women will undergo the bonding with a child that happens by biological design as an embryo develops into a living, breathing, conscious human. And then that child will be taken away. Um, not taken away. You're giving it up for adoption. It's your decision. You could keep the child. Two, you know what takes the child away also? Again, I'm, I can't overstate this. You know what takes a child away and ends that that bonding with the child? Killing it. Pretty good way of, of ending that bonding with the child. When, when I say, you, you make it sound like adoption is kidnapping. <laughs> no. But I can tell you, you know what, you, what, when's that, what ends the biological design in which the uh, embryo, you, you bond with the embryo and, and the fetus, uh, that would be death. That ends that biological design. The right likes to suggest that abortion is a traumatic experience for women, a last resort, a painful memory. But adoption is often just as traumatic as the right thinks abortion is, if not more so, as a woman has to relinquish not a lump of cells, but a fully formed baby she has lived with for nine months. Again, that's her decision as to whether she wishes to give the baby up for adoption. But the, the complete denial that there is another character in this story is the part that's truly galling. I'm a mother myself, says Elizabeth Spears, to an adorable six-year-old self-proclaimed Fortnite expert. And as often the case, I did not know I was pregnant with him until the usual symptoms appeared a few weeks into the pregnancy. As anyone who has just stated a human will tell you, that's a romantic way of talking about pregnancy, just stated a human. Hmm. There's a vast difference between the fourth week of pregnancy and the 40th. By the 40th, you're familiar with your baby's regular rhythms of kicking and moving. When I awoke, my son would wake up shortly after I'd feel him turning and stretching or less pleasantly jamming his precious little foot into what felt like my cervix. This is one of the paradoxes of pregnancy. Something alien is usurping your body and sapping you of nutrition and energy, but you're programmed to gleefully enable it and you become desperately protective of it. It's a kind of biological brainwashing. And this hop often happens whether you want to be a parent or not. Right, she's just rebelling against biology. She's literally rebelling against biology. My, my own biology is telling me I should love my child. Damn you, biology, saying I should love my unborn child inside my womb, growing and, and learning to love me. How dare you, biology? This must be stopped. By the way, I assume that she's an abortion on demand fanatic, which means that even at the fourth, she says there's a difference between the fourth week and the 40th week. But I assume she doesn't want any legislation to protect the child at the 40th week. So, um, no. 
But that, uh, that is, that's so crazy. I'm sorry. It's so crazy to describe pregnancy as an experience where your biology takes over and forces you to love this, this mewling evil leech inside your body. Are there a lot of women who feel this way about their kids? Really? I, I've, I've yet to meet one. I've yet to meet one who feels that the child growing inside of her at, at week 30, when she feels the baby kicking and she knows it's a baby, that that is a leech. She, she, she loves it, but she wishes she didn't love it. My God, truly, truly despicable stuff. Justice Barrett says, this, says Elizabeth Spears is well aware of the kind of biological brainwashing that occurs during biological brainwashing. Biological brainwashing. Again, the natural process of pregnancy is not biological brainwashing. Brainwashing implies force. It implies clockwork orange style. I strap you down to a chair and I force you to watch propaganda. And that is not what we're talking about. Biological brain. Do you mean the natural process of childbirth? She does. Justice Barrett is well aware of the kind of biological brainwashing that occurs during pregnancy. She gave birth to five children. And yet she blithely seems to assume that a mother can simply choose not to bond with the child she's gestating solely on the basis she's not ready to be a mother or believes she is unable to provide for the child. Um, no, you assume that because you assume she can kill it. She assumes the mother will be supported financially and otherwise throughout the pregnancy, even in a country where maternal mortality statistics are abysmal. She assumes that children surrendered for adoption will find a home and not a bed in the foster care system. No, she doesn't assume any of these things. Adoption system should be revamped and made better. Um, but no, she probably assumes these things because she cannot fathom being in this position herself. Uh, it should be noted that Justice Barrett has two adopted children. So um, you're a crazy person. These are assumptions that stem from the privilege of being financially secure, having never needed an abortion, and perhaps the assumption that women who do have something that, that do have done something wrong and must face the consequences. Um, well, yes, I, I do believe that women who have abortion have done something morally wrong. Yes, that is true. I, that, that's the only part of this article I agree with. In my experience, some on the right believe that the trauma adoption inflicts is a consequence of irresponsibility. But unexpected pregnancy is not a de facto function of bad decision-making. Um, like 99%, it is a function of bad decision-making. It can be a failure of contraception, okay? In which, that's true, sometimes contraceptives fail, which is why you really shouldn't have sex outside of a context in which you're willing to get pregnant. The product of a rape, I know that's super controversial. It's only controversial in like the last couple of decades, by the way. Like before that, all of human history, the notion that you should only have sex in context in which you are willing to get pregnant, that was a baseline moral moral notion for literally all of human history. But now it's very contra controversial. It can be a failure of contraception, the product of a rape. That's literally the only circumstance that you can talk about, by the way, in which it is legitimately, in which pregnancy literally has no relation to the to the activity of the woman, right, is, is rape, which is why it's the most controversial aspect of, of abortion law. A mistaken belief that a woman is infertile, there is no justifiable reason to inflict harm on women and the babies they might produce in any of these situations, regardless of judgment. Wait, who's talking about inflicting harm on babies? You, you're talking about why a baby shouldn't be adopted, a baby should be murdered. That is what you are talking about. The trauma doesn't just affect mothers either. Researchers have a term for what children who are adopted, even as infants, may suffer from later in life, relinquishment trauma. Okay, I have another term for what babies may suffer in the womb when they're killed, and it's just called death. So if I have a choice between death and relinquishment trauma, I'm going to go relinquishment trauma. We'll get to more of this in a second. I, I go through this detail to demonstrate just how far the left is willing to go. This is how far they are willing to go. Abortion is so sacred to them. It is such a sacrosanct issue to them that they are literally willing to say that it is better for a baby to be killed in the womb than to be given up to a happy family for adoption. It's, it's, it's wild. We'll get to more of it in one second. First, if you own a business, you know there aren't enough hours in a day to waste time playing phone tag. 
The list of customers you need to reach does not get any shorter, especially when business is good. That's why local businesses everywhere turn to Podium. Podium makes every interaction as easy as sending a text, so everything that makes your business great can get done faster. Podium isn't just a better way to communicate, it's a better way to do everything. Gathering reviews, collecting payments, even marketing to your customers, Podium makes it all as easy as pressing send. You won't just free up more time, you'll grow your business and get more done. With Podium, you'll close deals with customers before the competition even has a chance to call them back. Join more than 100,000 businesses that already use Podium to streamline their customer interactions. Get started for free at podium.com slash Shapiro or sign up for a paid Podium account. Get a free credit card reader. Restrictions apply. That's podium.com slash Shapiro. Again, Podium is a great way to grow your business. Okay, the fact is that text is the best way to grow your business. If a business calls me on my phone, I'm not picking up. If a business texts me, the chances that I respond, if I need to respond, are like 100%. Use Podium, make your business grow the way that it should. Podium.com slash Shapiro to get started. Alrighty, we'll get to more on the insanity of the pro-abortion crowd first. If you haven't picked up Matt Walsh's best-selling new book, I highly suggest you change that. The beloved children's author sold out of that new book, Johnny the Walrus, immediately after its release. But don't worry. You can reserve your copy at johnnythewalrus.com. Get your hands on the next batch shipping out soon. Johnny the Walrus is an exhilarating tale of a young boy who pretends he's a walrus. And it is all pretend until the internet and mommy's yoga class tell her that Johnny is actually a walrus and she must uphold his trans walrus identity. If you know Matt Walsh, you know this is hilarious and you're going to laugh reading it to your kids, to yourself, or giving it to a liberal friend and, uh, and exploding their minds. So head on over to johnnythewalrus.com. Reserve your copy of Matt's timely masterpiece, Johnny the Walrus, today. Also, if you haven't already, you need to go check out our new merch store over at dailywire.com slash shop. While you are there, get your hands on a Let's Go Brandon trucker hat or a Do Not Comply t-shirt. Order now to get it in time for Christmas and get a sweet discount on those Daily Wire original collections. That's dailywire.com slash shop. Go check it out immediately. We do have Ben Shapiro show gear as well. You are listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. All righty. So just to complete this article from Elizabeth Spears, because it, the, the depths of delusion and insanity that Democrats are willing to go in order to preserve abortion is totally crazy. So there's this article in The New York Times we're talking about in which she argues that adoption is bad. This is how far they're willing to go. In order to preserve abortion, adoption is now bad. It's the worst choice. If you have a choice between adoption and abortion, you should go for abortion, according to Elizabeth Spears, who was adopted herself. Quote, researchers have a term for what children who are adopted, even as infants, may suffer from later in life. Relinquishment trauma. The premise is that babies bond with their mothers in utero and become familiar with their behaviors. When their first caregiver is not the biological mother, they register the difference and the stress of it has lasting effects. See, um, if you're separated from mommy, you get relinquishment trauma. I'm, I'm sure that's true. You know what else causes trauma? I know, wait for it, wait for it. Being stabbed in the head. It's it's a trauma, as it turns out. Being injected in the heart with poison. Little traumatic. Being flushed down a toilet. These, these seem like slightly more traumatic things than relinquishment trauma. Says Elizabeth Spear, I probably got off easy in that respect, in part because I did spend a few months with my biological mother before I was adopted, but that had the unintended effect of traumatizing my older siblings, who remember me as a baby who was there and then suddenly was gone. This was driven home to me by my older sister, Bobby, whose first encounter with me was over Facebook. All I can say is I remember you, she wrote, and I have loved you and missed you my entire life. As opposed to if you had been murdered, in which case you guys never would have met at all. What Justice Barrett and others are suggesting women do in lieu of abortion is not a small thing. It is life-changing, irrevocable, and not to be taken lightly. It often causes trauma, even when things work out. It's a disservice to adoptees and their families, biological and adopted, to pretend otherwise in service of a neat political narrative. Nope, again, I think that the neat political narrative is that adoption in all of these cases is better than killing somebody. I know 
So just to repeat, the left has now said contraception is not enough. You need to be able to kill a baby in the womb. They've said that sex is not connected to childbearing, which of course is very silly. They've suggested that the actual imposition is your biological process taking place. They've suggested that adoption is a worse option than abortion. All of these things are things they are willing to suggest in pursuit of an end goal, which is that men and women have to be physically equivalent in every way, which is unbelievably degrading to women. It, it truly, truly is. If this is the world that you want to live in with, with the left, then here's the thing. You, you'll be able to live in this world after Roe versus Wade is gone. All you have to do is live in New York. All you have to do is live in California. You'll still be able to live in this delusional, crazy world. And guess what? You will bear the consequences of living in that sort of world. But at least fewer babies across the country will, will have to suffer death at the hands of people who believe these sorts of delusional things. The, the arguments that the left has, has been forced to make in pursuit of their total, their totalitarian anti-life position, truly astonishing, astonishing stuff and should be humiliating to them if they had one ounce of humiliation left in them. These are shameful, anti-human arguments. These are shameful, immoral arguments that are being made here. Uh, and they're taken as perfectly natural and normal and in fact, morally good by the left. I don't, I don't know how twisted you have to be in order to believe that these are morally good arguments, that these are morally superior arguments and the people who wish to preserve human life are, are the baddies in this particular scenario. All righty, meanwhile... COVID has now reached New York. And when I say COVID, I mean, Omicron is in New York. Now, I don't care. The reason I don't care is because, again, there is no data. We, we would have data by now, by the way, on hospitalization and death. And uh, there is no additional news that this disease, the Omicron, is likely to provide additional hospitalization and death. It doesn't matter. The media is going to panic you anyway. So Kathy Hochul, who is the, the governor of New York, she inherited the office after... Andrew Cuomo could not keep his hands off the uh, asses of other women. Uh, so Kathy Hochul took over, and now she has declared that Omicron is in New York. Everybody panic. Everybody freak out. The information is still evolving, but we understand that this individual, while they were vaccinated, they have very mild symptoms. And in fact, those symptoms have already resolved. That is good news. And what we want to make sure we know is that there is one way to address this. New Yorkers, get vaccinated get boosted, and get ready. And get ready. I don't know what you mean, get ready. Get ready. Okay, so here's the thing. The media have to freak you out. So the New York Times runs a piece today called Prior Infection is Little Defense Against Virus Variant, scientists say. Evidence from South Africa, where the Omicron variant already dominates, shows a high rate of reinfection of people who have already had the coronavirus. Okay, so um, here's the question. Well, that's true. Okay, so the vaccines are not stopping you from getting infected. I don't care. The reason I don't care is because every year I get that flu vaccine. And about half the time I get the flu anyway. And that's because the flu vaccine doesn't hit all the various strains. Every year I get a cold. I don't care because it's just a cold. And that's called being a human. And sometimes you get sick. The question is, am I going to have to go to the hospital and am I going to die? And if the answer is no to either of those questions, don't care. So there's a very long piece in the New York Times. It is a very long piece about how vaccines are not going to protect you against Omicron. And, and, and neither, apparently, will past infection. Quote, a past coronavirus infection appears to give little immunity to the new Omicron variant rippling across the globe, Southern African scientists warned on Thursday, potentially tearing away one layer of defense humanity has won slowly and at immense cost. Just a week after its existence was revealed to the world, the heavily mutated variant 
which scientists fear could be the most contagious one yet, is already by far the dominant form of the virus in South Africa and spreading fast. Top European disease experts said Thursday it could be the dominant form in Europe within a few months. Scientists have known since early in the pandemic, the immunity gained from a coronavirus infection is not total and, and probably not permanent, and some people are reinfected. Even so, with a huge number of people already infected and recovered, about 260 million worldwide, and in reality far more, according to experts, whatever protection they had looks like an important layer in the world's defenses. The new variant, the new variant calls that into question. Scientists in South Africa have reported a sudden sharp rise in November in COVID cases among people in that country who had already been infected. The authors noted there was no such upswing when the beta and delta variants emerge. Okay, so uh, I have a question. Is it leading to more hospitalization and death? So let's do a quick search in this article for the word hospitalization. Nope, does not appear once. How about death? Nope, does not appear once. So basically, we're all supposed to panic because you might get a disease that is less likely to hospitalize or kill you, according to the data that we currently have. Panic, everyone. This is, they, they, they lie because they say that they're willing to understand the reality, which is that zero COVID is not going to happen and that this will become an endemic virus and in fact already is an endemic virus. And then the actual goal that the media are pursuing is zero COVID. Because if you spend all day worrying about getting COVID and getting sick for like three days and not going into work and then being okay, I don't know what to tell you. You are living in crazy land. This is not stopping Joe Biden, however, because again, this all comes down to Joe Biden's big promise that he was going to stop COVID. He is not going to stop COVID. He doesn't have the ability to stop COVID because no politician has the ability to stop COVID. I didn't blame Trump for that last year. I'm not blaming Biden for it this year. The only thing I blame Biden for is lying to the American people that he was capable of stopping COVID because he's not. But this is his new shtick. So President Biden is now ushering in a bunch of new restrictions. He he announced yesterday, by the way, that, that Anthony Fauci is the real president, which is frightening to, I think, everyone or should be frightening to everyone. Here was Joe Biden yesterday. I've seen more <laughs> of Dr. Fauci than I have my wife. We kid each other. But uh, they look, who's president? Fauci. Um, but all kidding aside, I, I sincerely mean it. So, um, yeah, that, I, all kidding aside, he means it. Fauci is the president, which is both very poorly for us, considering that that Anthony Fauci is wild and crazy and self-conflicting on all of this stuff and highly political. By the way, Anthony Fauci came out yesterday and he said that fully vaxxed Americans with boosters are still going to need to wear masks. So basically mask up until the end of time, literally until the end of time. Everyone's been talking about what to do if you're unvaccinated or without a booster. But what should someone who has all three shots do to protect themselves against the Omicron variant? What you do is exactly what we were saying and that is to be prudent and careful. And one of the things that's very clear is that you, if you have to be in an indoor congregate setting in which you're unsure of what the vaccination status is of the people around you, wear a mask. Okay, so um, you're fully boosted. You're fully vaxxed. You should still be wearing a mask, according to Anthony Fauci, until the end of time, until the end of time. So Joe Biden has put out a new plan. What exactly is his new plan? It includes hundreds of vaccination sites, boosters for all adults, new testing requirements for international travelers, and free at-home tests. None of this is going to stop COVID. The reason it's not going to stop COVID is because there are lots of people who don't want to get vaccinated. Even the vaccinated are still passing this to other vaccinated people, by the way. And um, and boosters are not necessary for all adults. Okay, the, the 
the CDC ruling is contradicted by the WHO. What the data tends to show is that if you're over the age of 60, you probably should get a booster because the immunity to hospitalization and death begins to wane from the 90% down to the 70%. But if you're 30 and you're healthy, then your immunity in terms of hospitalization and death is pretty durable. You're talking about a very marginal increase for the price of a booster shot. It, uh, literally, I had my physical yesterday, talked to the doctor about it. This is what he told me, confirming what I already knew, obviously, and what I've been talking about on the show every single day. The, we are at the end of this thing. And people who live in red states know this because we have been living normally for a long time. Right? It's Hanukkah. I've been going to Hanukkah events and everybody's unmasked and no one cares. And guess what? We here in Florida, we have the lowest transmission rates in America. So I don't tell you, but the left is, they are addicted. They are addicted to the restrictions. They're not even addicted to anything remotely like a solution. They're just addicted to the idea that they have a solution. So now you have, you have MSNBC's Dr. Redlaner suggesting that Anthony Fauci should literally ban people who are unvaccinated from flying. Again, airplanes are not the, the vector of transmission. We know this. It doesn't matter. It's just about the control at this point. There's a couple of more tools in our uh, quiver here, which include, for example, and which is something I've been advocating for, which is I don't think anyone should be allowed on an airplane, domestic or international or a train, without being able to prove they've been vaccinated. To me, that's really the only way, in addition to testing, that we're going to get better control over the situation we currently have, Nicole. More restrictions, more restrictions, more restrictions. Meanwhile, Jen Psaki is saying nothing is off the table from the, from the White House press office. Here she is. Why not go further in the direction of, of you know, public health and mandates, given the potential risk and the fact that we're headed into winter? Sure. Well, one, I would say that um, nothing is off the table. Um, so, and, uh, including domestic travel. Oh, nothing, nothing is off the table. By the way, the economy is reacting just as you would expect it to. People in the economy are not afraid of COVID. They're afraid of the reaction to COVID. JP Morgan said as much yesterday, and the media are pressing this forward. So Joy Reid was just freaking out about this yesterday because it's a day ending in Y, and Joy Reid has to freak out about something. So here she was uh, with, uh, with the Surgeon General freaking out over, over Omicron. By the way, five confirmed cases of Omicron in New York, all of them alive. I have to say, so far, the most embarrassing thing about Omicron is that the person who apparently spread it in New York was at an anime convention. How would you like that to be your day? You're revealed as patient zero in New York, and um, and that's not the most embarrassing thing about you. It's that you were at an anime convention. Here is, uh, here is Joy Reid yesterday. Let's talk about Omicron. My uh, adult children live in New York. They are, I, they've been screenshotting and sending me if, if info on Omicron. It's really frightening because it feels like it is the next sort of wave of the pandemic. And it, it feels kind of unstoppable. How much more dangerous is the Omicron variant than Delta? Okay, and the answer is they have no idea because there's no data suggesting that it is more dangerous than Delta. In fact, there's some data suggesting it's less dangerous than Delta. Yeah, but I also like that people are, are they, she says they're screenshotting. I'm confused as how you screenshot Omicron. How does that work? Andrew Ross Sorkin, who has been extraordinarily voluble about his fears regarding COVID, despite the fact that, again, he's vaxxed. His wife is vaxxed. From, I think he's talked about this on air. Um, and, uh, and his kids are very young, which means they're fine. Uh, he was freaking out about this yesterday as well. The Constitution does still exist, despite the headwinds that we've had in the last uh, two years and the encroachments on the Constitution. It still does exist so that we do have rights. It's the First Amendment, the Tenth Amendment, uh, protecting us against federal right. mandates like but this, the, the Fourteenth Amendment. You, the right, and, and, the and the reality is, you can't is kill Joe, my mother. Joe, 
the rights are that you can't. The right is right, but I'm, you, I'm, you do I'm not, not have the I'm right. not killing her mother. It, and if she has the vaccine, those risks are mitigated. And we're seeing that um, in most likely cases, your, your, your mother will not die if she's vaccinated. You don't have the right to kill my mother. Honestly, if this is the way that the left is going to view living in a society, then we're all in real trouble here. Because as it turns out that if your mom is elderly and immunocompromised, then we all have to wear masks at all times and not cloth masks, KN95 masks, because I could give your mom the flu and your mom could die of the flu. Lots of old people die of the flu every single year, every single year. Okay, so because of the left's maintained delusion that they can control COVID, the economy is just, it's stagnating. There's a brand new jobs report out for November's. Massive miss, massive miss on the jobs report. The jobs report apparently shows that we added about 210,000 jobs in November. The forecast was for, wait for it, 570,000 jobs. So they missed by 360,000 jobs last month. They're missing month after month after month. The entire trajectory of the American economy is wrong because of this administration. The inflation is happening because of this administration. People are not going back to work. People are staying out of the workforce. There are more open jobs right now than there are people able to fill those open jobs. We are sinking into the possibility of an actual honest-to-God recession in a time when we should have a massive economic boom going on. Like, the economy is not supposed to be stagnating right now. The economy is supposed to be booming right now. You're not supposed to get 210,000 jobs added in a time when we've only gained back 83% of the jobs that were lost in the first place. This is wild and crazy. Okay, but the DCCC has to, they they have to brag about something, by the way. Let let me just note how much of a failure these policies are, by the way. When we talk about jobs being added, complete failure. The Wall Street Journal reports the unemployment rate in October hit the lowest on record since 1976 in West Virginia, Georgia, Oklahoma, Utah, Nebraska, Vermont, Idaho, South Dakota, New Hampshire, Alabama, Montana, Wisconsin, and Indiana. Um, I've noticed that all of those places are red. All of them. Meanwhile, the states that have a massive unemployment rates, California, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, New Mexico, Connecticut, Hawaii, Michigan, and Alaska, all have Democratic government trifectas, except for Michigan, which has a GOP legislature, and Alaska, which is red. And as far as regaining jobs, okay, the states that have regained jobs at the fastest clip are all red. The states that have not regained jobs are all blue. So the Biden administration has to come up with some sort of narrative as to how they're fixing this thing. Uh, and they came up with this chart. And this chart is just glorious. Because I have to take a moment to just admire the incredible stupidity of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee that put this together, the DCCC. So they tweeted out, thanks, Joe Biden. And they put out a chart about gas prices. Now, where did they get this chart about gas prices? They got it from Matt Iglesias. So Matt Iglesias, who now writes over at Substack, he's a left-leaning guy. He put out a, a mocking, a, he put out a chart mocking the Biden administration's push for the notion that they've curbed inflation. And the chart that he put out showed that over the course of the last couple of weeks, the price of gas had gone down on average by two cents. And it was supposed to be mocking them for their talking about it. So the DCCC took it seriously and they turned it into a chart. I just want to note the, the incredible, just every aspect of this chart is glorious. So it says U.S. regular, all gas, all formulations, gas price. Okay, and it shows on the y-axis, dollars per gallon. And on the x-axis, it shows the date. Now, only two dates show November 12, November 22nd, 2021, November 29th, 2021. Okay, and then in the dollars per gallon, it shows a range of 3.415 to 3.375. So now you're saying to yourself, wait, so you're talking about the difference between like the entire Y axis, right? The entire possible differential is between a gas price of 341 a gallon 
and three thirty-eight a gallon. It's a three. It's a that's a three to four cent spread is what you're talking about right now. About a three and a half cent spread. So they make the y axis super large, right? So every increment on the y axis is really big. So the chart looks as though if you decreased from three point four one five per gallon to three point four one zero per gallon, that'd be like a massive decrease. <laughs> so in reality, the chart shows that the price of gas has decreased by about two cents. Okay, and then that's not enough. They didn't just stretch the y-axis so that it looks, so they can pretend that there was an actual gas price decrease that is meaningful for people. They also put an arrow at the end of U.S. regular all formulations gas price. And the arrow looks like, frankly, a drooping arrow, which says something about Biden-Harris. It is a drooping arrow. It takes a sharp 90-degree downturn because this is how steeply the prices are decreasing. Now, this chart, like this is the best you can do. They were doing this in July, right? Your your July 4th meal is going to be 16 cents cheaper this year. And then by Thanksgiving, it's going to be like a lot more expensive. You won't get a turkey, but we are doing the job. We are over here at the DCCC. We're doing the job. By the way, just to show you how, how crazy this chart is, here's another chart. This chart is a chart of the actual inflation in the gas price over the last 18 months. <laughs> so basically, since November of 2020, Beginning November 20th, 2020, you're looking at a gas price on average of about $2.13 a gallon, somewhere in that neighborhood. Then you have a consistent and steep rise all the way up to three bucks and 42 cents. And so the DCCC featured a chart showing the last two weeks in which the average price of gas has decreased from 340 to 338. And they're like, we're fixing this thing. Weird, because uh, when Joe Biden took office, the average price of gas was a little under two forty a gallon. Now it is three forty a gallon, and um, and you are showing me like the last two weeks. They got nothing, guys. They have nothing. They have nothing. They have a doddering old president who doesn't know how to handle this thing, and who's just going to keep throwing restrictive measures at the American people. And all that's going to do is sink the economy. But at least, at least he's with it. At least he's not, you know, routinely slurring his words. Oh, wait, no, he's actually routinely slurring his words. My bad. Here, here he was yesterday slurring his words. These teams work. They provide needed staff for staff overruns, uh, 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 the, the badly needed staff where overrun hospitals are handling more patients than they can, they, they can handle for their emergency rooms and intensive care units who don't have the personnel available. They help provide life-saving treatments in communities in need like monoclonal uh, um, and, and antibody treatments. We have over 20 teams deployed now. Today, I'm announcing that we're going to triple that, more than double. We're going to get to 60 teams ready to deploy in states to experience a surge in cases over the course of this winter. Is he speaking English anymore? I, I, I have doubts. By the way, how delusional is Joe Biden? Yesterday, he uh, explained that during the Six-Day War, he met Golda Meir in Israel. There are only about eight problems with this particular story. Here he was delivering another one of his just false stories. Many times I've been to Israel, I said, and then all of a sudden I realized, God, you're getting old, Biden. <laughs> I have known every, every prime minister well since Golda Meir, including Golda Meir. He said that he visited Israel during the Six-Day War. There's a problem with that. Golda Meir was not the prime minister of Israel during the Six-Day War. She was prime minister of Israel during the, during the 1973 Yom Kippur War. And also, Joe Biden was in law school during the Six-Day War. So, yeah. Uh, do you feel steady leadership? you feel that hand on the tiller of state? 
You feel like we have this return to normalcy? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Or are we just abjectly screwed? Alrighty, we'll be back here a little bit later today with an additional hour of content. First, you can't forget to end your week by checking out The Andrew Clavin Show. Drew's shows every Friday. As always, he has an exciting evening planned for you. So head on over to dailywire.com, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Tune in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Post producer, Justin Barber. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. You know, some people are depressed because the Republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. But on The Andrew Claven Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Claven Show and laugh your way through the fall of the Republic with me, Andrew Claven. <laughs> 